0: Welcome to Foolishly Faithful episode eight. This is David Albert, and here we are with Eric and Steven. And today is March 28th. And we are just two days away from the Mets opening day game. So Ooh, we go. are excited. We I, if you cannot hear the excitement in my voice, <laughs> cannot contain it. Um, so our topics for today, we're just uh spring training's over, regular season's on the way. We're gonna go over roster we're gonna you know talk about our predictions going forward and uh we have a couple of prop bets we're gonna make things interesting we're gonna see where else stand and what our thoughts are on stats and you know awards and things like that for the rest of the year we're gonna place our bets now and then we'll see where they add up at the end so without uh let's uh let's take it away uh steve gonna go through the roster a bit
1: Sure. So yeah, we uh spring training's over. The rosters are coming out. I think the official rosters are not locked yet, but we've gotten some information for most of them. Uh for the most part, it's been pretty, you know, pedestrian with stuff we all kind of expected. Um our you know, youngins have all been optioned down to AAA. Um and but the biggest surprise, I think, actually, is that Darren Ruff has been DFA'd
2: and will not start the season in Queens thank god (laughs) oh my god i'm i really cannot be happier i think (laughs) this is i think i may have mentioned this on the second episode of the third episode i said god help us if darren ruff is on the opening day roster and my prayers were answered so thank you billy epler
0: you know when is that upset what's up are you upset
1: I am very happy that he's not on the roster. I think it's one of those like funny things though, that like he's a professional hitter. He's made a career out of mashing left-handed pitching and he came over. We gave up a pretty good haul to get Darren rough, right? We did some like mid-level prospects as well as JD Davis. And he just never did a thing for us. Like he just was a black hole.
2: Yeah. It's um, I was reading what Billy Upler, our general manager was saying and he He said it was a trade that didn't work out, plain and simple, um, which is, I mean, exactly with what you're saying, Steve, we gave up J.D. Davis, we gave up um, a pretty good prospect in Thomas Zipaki, and I believe there were a couple other uh, minor leaguers as well. Um, But again, yeah, he's a professional hitter, and I'm sure he'll help another team out, but for what the Mets needed right now, um, the the player who did make the cut, uh, Tim Lacastro, is going to end up serving a much greater purpose, and I think Darren Ruff will. Billy Epler also made a comment that I thought was really funny. He said, you don't want to be holding a three-run lead and then look down on your bench and everybody is just a big, hairy guy that hits the ball in the seats, um, which I guess is a way to describe Darren Ruff in a past life. I'm sure he's still a big, hairy guy. He just has not been hitting the ball in the seats. Um, but the flexibility that um, the other players will bring is much is much more welcome, in my opinion.
0: How long have we... You really give Darren Ruff. I mean, he had plenty of time, I feel like sentiment among Mets fans. Maybe it's a little bit of an echo chamber, but yeah, no one is really excited. We're all, we're all expecting him to be on the roster. And I think we're all of a sigh of relief that he's not. Yeah, you're right. He has a career of it, but he really hasn't shown it recently.
1: Yeah, and I think – um You said the echo chamber of kind of Mets fans like, you know, he's been a good player in the past. Um, He's just it's never worked out here in Queens. And he doesn't even had a ton of time. Right. And he came over the deadline. Um, So it's not not even a whole half of the season of, you know, shitting the bed with us. Uh, But I think we've all seen enough and we're ready to move on. And Tim LaCastro, you know, I I think I called him making the roster as the fourth outfielder. That was not what happened. Right. Obviously, you know, fam is still going to be the fourth outfielder. Uh, so that prediction is only really half right. But uh, he did make the roster. It's going to be really speedy, that pinch runner. You, like you said, Eric, the, like that Jankowski role. Um, so that's exciting to see. I think if Castro wasn't having as hot
0: of a spring training as he is, like I feel like we might see rough, just because he has that pedigree in his career. But I mean, I'm happy to see that at least Locastro is proving himself. And, you know, like whatever he's might not have a that of a career behind him, but he's really showing up right now.
2: And I'm glad that they picked him. I, a stat that I, I mean, I, I've known that Tim McCaster has been fast. Um, I thought he's stolen a lot more bases in his career, but apparently over his six years in the majors, he's only had 44 attempts. He's still 39 bases, but only 44 attempts. Um, but according to Statcast data, he still is one of the fastest 1% of players in the league. So I can also see I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it for sure. And I think, you know, with the, the forward thinking, you know, data driven Mets front office, I'm sure they're trying to exploit the the stolen base rules and the bigger bags and everything. Um, he went six for six on steal attempts, uh, this spring. So I'm sure they're seeing something that, you know, they believe gives them an advantage. Um, and you know, it's the speed and you need the speed and you need the base running. Um, especially if other teams don't have that type of that type of weapon. And I think you just kind of hit on something
1: is that the Mets are kind of pushing towards analytics now. And there's a, you know, in analytics, stolen bases are great, but if you steal at a rate of, I think it's under 70%, you're hurting your team. So as many stolen bases as you can get, if you're not stealing at at least a rate of 70%, you're hurting your team. And what you just said there, 39 over 44, that's about 89% right there. So it's a pretty damn good rate. Uh, um you know even if he doesn't steal a ton of bags if he's successful with it it's something you can take
2: and i think what you're saying what we were saying last week about nimmo um like nimmo staying healthy and we'd rather just nimmo be healthy and play 150 games instead of playing 120 games and you know because he's trying to steal a couple more bases i th- it's you know with the the speedsters who have been on the mets the past couple of years lacastro uh terrence gore um travis jankowski these are kind of all like surefire stolen base guys which i think is more preferable if you're going to have a stone someone who steals bases it might be more preferable to just have a guy who's like will convert at 100 percent and 100 percent clip or as close to 100 percent clip as you want as opposed to a player who you're going to push into like going out of their comfort zone to, you know, dive head first all the time and, and take the back. It's great if they can do that, but you also don't want to risk injury and you'd rather just have someone who can be a sure shot.
1: Yeah. I think also, unlike Ruff, he can play, you know, Ruff could play a little outfield, but he could play center field. So he can kind of spell Nemo a little bit here and there and kind of keep him fresh going forward or even pinch run for him in like late game scenarios and come in on defense and you don't lose, you know, you gain something on the base path. You don't lose much on the, field if it's this you know eighth inning ninth inning totally
2: um and he's
0: definitely a fastest man i could definitely see him being a pinch run situation like he's he's i think he's about the fastest man on the team i
1: would say yeah i I think so that's um, speed yeah um Another big roster move was that uh Mendick did not actually didn't make the roster. You know, it seemed like he might have, based on you know the how they signed him. It seemed like Danny Mendick was gonna be that kind of super utility guy that's gonna come off the bench. But I guess they're uh they're happy to keep five outfielders and kind of cut the infield a little bit. But I guess Giorme they're expecting to keep it and step up.
2: Um hopefully he does. Yeah, the utility guy I think will be. Um, even more important this year, especially with shift things. You think you need someone who is kind of comfortable playing anywhere. Um, and, you know, shift shift or no shift. You want someone who just who can get to the ball? Um, and that definitely seems more suited to a Guillaume. Um, I mean, I think McNeil, I imagine we'll probably play McNeil at second most most games and maybe corner outfield every now and then. But McNeil is another one of those players who will just get to the ball wherever it is. Shift unbound. Obviously, obviously, Guillorme makes the cut as well on the roster. Um, Tommy Pham, as you mentioned, makes the cut and Tomas Nito as well. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Nito is going to be
1: a fun ride. I don't think he's going to get as much playing time as maybe he will deserve. Um, Yeah, I think Navarez is the left handed batter. uh, So he's going to probably get a lot of starts against right handed pitching, which obviously is a lot of the league. Yeah. but, you know, they'll they'll split playing time, I'm sure. And Nemo, I hope, you know, steps it up like he did in last September and has been in spring. Um, so it will be fun to watch. He's a, he's a
2: really fun, homegrown player. So the other players, um, well, you mentioned Danny Mendick was an op- option AAA. I think since we spoke last week, um, Brett, both Brett Beatty and Mark Vandos have also been optioned in AAA. Um, I think their development is important that they're, playing every day um, and they're going to get those reps in triple eight and not in the, in the, in the, um, in the majors. It's for the same reasons we talked about uh, Francisco Alvarez, not making the major league team and on opening day. I think that the triple a roster is incredibly
1: exciting. I think that, you know, um, going around the horn, we have Alvarez, uh, Vientos, uh Mauricio and Beatty all in AAA that is going to be f- like it's gonna be fun in Syracuse this year they're gonna have a lot of fun out there
0: yeah I'm I'm excited I mean I think it brings depth that I didn't really feel like we've had in the past I feel like normally people get injured you know it's about to happen I don't really know who they're pulling up but I mean I think at this point we kind of have a, a lineup, you know, or, or so, or an assembly line, if anyone, you know, unfortunately is people are going to end up going to the aisle at some point and things are going to happen. And I'm, I know, I know who's right there. You know, I mean, that's, we'll deal with that when that happens, but you know, we like, let them, they prove themselves. I think some of them have cooled off a little more than the others. I know Beatty was really hanging in there. Um Maybe he had a shot. Like I re- really think we'll see him at some point, but, I mean, the other guys were there. They proved themselves. Like they've have, I think, at this point for an open day roster, it's. I think that's where pedigree kind of You know, Escobar's been, or I don't know, pedigree's the right word, but like Escobar's been here for a while. Like I think he needs, to let him stick with that position. But, but I think they've at least to, to some extent, and let Beatty play every day, and yeah, bring him up when
1: we need him. I think it's a really good point, and you know, just your opinion. What is like. Escobar's leash going to be, right? When is it, you know, if he starts, comes out the year struggling, when do, do you think that he's going to get a couple of months? You know, is he going to get a month? What do you think is going to be the situation before we, you know, get that pressure for Beatty to come
2: up, assuming he's still doing well in AAA? I, I think it'll it'll depend on a, a number of things. I Because I, it's not easy, right? I mean, we, we were talking a little bit before recording about options and, you know, you don't want to waste... Your, your prospects trips up to the majors, if it's only going to be for a little of ex, a little experiment. So I think it, it also will take someone getting injured, you know, knock on wood, but it'll take like a roster spot clearing up because if Escobar is really struggling, then you can put in, you can kind of, you can plug in Guillaume. You can move some people around, um, to like, you know, in the meantime that if, if you're working with a full roster, but you need like, you need to sit Escobar because he's batting, I don't know, batting 150 over three weeks, you know, um, but yeah, I think it'll take, it'll take a little more. But I, I don't know. I think I think they I think they give him a month. I think they give him a month and a half to really, to show that he can hit, because um, his defense will be fine. But yeah, you need you need to hit. You need to hit. We'll see how long it takes.
0: I mean, it was the same kind of like, you know, Beatty was still the same like person. Beatty was still here last year, you know. It's like we had the same backup last year. So, like Escobar, I feel like had a very long leash last year. It kind of came around in like September, but Escobar pretty much was struggling like most of the year, uh, like at least in my eyes. Like I think this year Beatty has proven himself. Beatty was playing in spring training a lot, and we all saw him. And people were wanting him to play at this point. Um, he's another year older. I think Escobar's leash is definitely a bit shorter. I feel like, yeah,
2: you know, like Eric said, yeah, you know, like a month, month and a half or so is. Probably valid. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think if this, if Beatty was on a different team or if these were the, the, the Wilpon Mets or, you know, Mets of, of years past, I think Beatty would be on the opening day roster and I think he'd be our starting third baseman. Um, but I think the fact that because we have this depth and Escobar sh- showed, showed the promise they did last September, we have the flexibility to even start Beatty in AAA. Um, I think he's probably major league ready. Um, if he were just thrown into the fire, I think he could probably do it. Um, or, if, again, if it was a different team or a different front office managing it, he would just be there anyways because <laughs> a different front office would not be paying Eduardo Escobar for two years. So, um, yeah, I, I think it'll be a front office analytical decision and that will have to, you know, um, line up with injuries and timelines and all that other stuff as well.
0: I, don't, I mean, to me, it's like, do we – Need him like is he ready?
2: Yeah, I think he's probably ready, but
0: do we really need him right now? Like, I know with Alonzo, it's like Alonzo could mash and hit home runs, and you know, he ended up being ready. And maybe Alonzo was a little bit older as well when we brought him up opening day, but I feel like that was more valuable to the team. Like, what is baby bringing that we really don't have already that we need? I don't really see any need for him, frankly. I, I think, like, let him, yeah, let, let him sit for a second. Um, he kind of felt down towards the end when major league <laughs> pitchers started coming in like i don't know he wasn't really hitting them too well either so
1: i think it's a fair point i think that to your point about what does he bring um you know he he ended the the spring training batting about 330 uh which is obviously fantastic because he had a lot of at bats because of the people at the world baseball classic um so he had you know close probably to two or three you know maybe three solid weeks of at bats like major you know as far as full service time um One interesting note, though, is he's only had two extra base hits during spring training. So that was almost all singles. He didn't get a lot of pop. Um, Not that he doesn't have it, but I believe he only had two extra base hits during spring. Um, And another interesting note about him is that because he was brought up in September last year uh, for the service time manipulation rules, if he comes up before mid-June, I don't remember the exact date, it's like June 17th or something like that, if he comes up before the, mid-June, the Mets lose a whole year of service time for him, so they have every incentive to keep him in the minors until June. Um, whether you know a injury breaks that or um, Escobar is struggling a ton and Beatty is just raking in AAA and they just, he just forces their hand, I don't know, but yes, you know, so there is a service time issue as well, which you know we've seen the Mets. Push past that with Alonzo. although well, that, that was a different administration. Um, you know, that was Brody. That was, I believe that was the Wilpons as well when uh, that happened. Um, but Alonzo was also a lot older, as David already mentioned. I think he was 26 when he came up. So, or 25. So you're talking about missing, you know, Pete's age 31 season versus you're talking about missing Beatty's 28 season. You know, that's a big difference. Um, so.
0: Can, can you just, what does that mean? Exactly the services. So if they bring him up to play, just put him on the 26-man roster prior to June 17th, more or less, then he would just, I guess that like nullifies an additional year. Yeah, so
1: essentially if you have, you know, you you need to have six years of major league service time before you can become a free agent. Uh, They measure service time and number of days you're in the major leagues. Um, So because he was a September call-up, he's already got about 30 days in the major leagues. Maybe a little, you yeah, know, maybe but a little before September. I don't know exactly. Sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's when, like when, ballpark. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. So he already has some service time in the major leagues. And usually, I think if you have no service time, you can be brought up in like the second or third week of April and it doesn't count as a full year. Um, where, but because he has some service time, I think his date is pushed to closer to mid June for him to not have a full year of service time for, with the Mets.
0: Gotcha. Basically, like if he was June whatever until the end of the year, that equates to like one full season.
1: It would equate to less than a full season because if they play, if they play the dates right, it'll equate to less than a full season. Gotcha. And if you want that so they...
0: that way he can. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly. I right. mean, honestly, hearing that, like, I would say, like, he's not. We're not seeing him till at least mid June. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I mean, frankly, like, I know it's the whole like, oh, if like, it seems like Cohen's making the bait. What's the best baseball decision, like? I don't know, that might be a baseball decision. Like, if he really is – I mean, if he's hitting 330, like, that's that's pretty great. Like, I don't know, if he starts, like, really mashing in AAA, like, maybe bring him up. But, I mean, if it's a matter of getting him for an entire extra season in terms of that, like, a prospect or something, it's not like, oh, Darren Ruffalo, Castro, who's the best baseball need for our team right now. Like, my hunt should see – after hearing that news, like, we're not seeing him until – after mid-June at least.
2: To add to that, I mean, I think the first call up also, if there's an injury might also not be Brett Beatty. Like the, it, it might be Danny Mendick. It might be someone else who is a bat that is just available to, to fill in quickly. If there's an injury, so you can avoid that whole service time complication as well. Um, right. Danny, Danny Mendick's an infielder. And if one of our infielders goes down that the army can't take his spot, you have someone else who you don't have to complicate with, um, all those rules, because Danny Mendek has been in the league for um, since 2019. So that's he, all point. the service, all those service time things are out of the way.
1: Yeah, I didn't really even think about Danny Mendek as far as replacing an injured player. Um, that's a good point.
0: I'm sure Mauricio and Vientos and Alvarez all have similar service time questions for them as well. Pretty much the same thing.
1: I think so. I think Alvarez is closer to the end of April, um, and I think Vientos is actually a little later than Beatty's, like end of June. Well, they still have something to consider. They're all starting in spring training. So, like, I don't know, is
0: it a coincidence? Like, I would think that's probably a... They're managing to service time to some extent.
2: So, another player that is in AAA um, that... I mean, I'm a little surprised that he's on this side of it. Uh, it's Tyler McGill, who, as we know, is our opening day starter last year. Obviously, due to injury complications with Scherzer and DeGrom. But um he lost out that final spawn the rotation to David Pearson. Um the Mets have decided to go with the lefty. Um both had a both had a decent spring in the Grapefruit League, but uh, Peterson ultimately won out. And McGill will get the start in Syracuse. Um but I, I mean I imagine that he'll be the first the first man called up when there's something goes wrong. What do you guys think?
1: I agree. Um I'm not really surprised to see him not make the major league roster. Um, you know, it seemed like it was Peterson's spot to lose, uh, that fifth roster spot. And he had a fantastic spring. uh, Um, the goal kind of faltered at the end there. Um, I think that the Mets want to have a sick, a swing, six man that they can bring up kind of at a moment's notice and make that start. So I think it wouldn't, it makes sense. They didn't want to keep him in the bullpen, especially they've, they've signed a bunch of new arms to try to have bodies in there. Um, um, but yeah, I love I love Tyler McGill. I I think he's shown so many flashes of brilliance that I think it's in there somewhere. Whether or not you know he can ever make that consistent in the majors, that remains to be seen. But it's in there, um, and I am sure he will tear it up in Syracuse and be ready for his spot once uh, they need him. Agreed.
0: I I he really wasn't showing much in the bullpen, and he's clearly they wanted to start. I was a little surprised to that. I, I mean, I guess they're really not going to do a six man rotation. So if they're, I guess they have a semi if they really want to bring him up. But yeah, they're really not going to do six man rotation, and he's not. Yeah, they're yeah they're only doing five. He's not one of the five. I guess that's really it. It Really sucks.
2: Uh, but yeah, he's not replacing anyone else. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for. Oh, I'm excited for David Pearson though. I'm like we need that lefty arm. Um, he had some really good starts last year um, and he's, he'll be our number two um, after Scherzer starts us off on opening day.
1: I um I actually to, you know, kind of respond to David. I think the Mets will, we might see, we, we will see a six man rotation sometime in the beginning of the season, just for a little bit. Um, the Mets start with, I think eight consecutive games, uh, which is a lot in the beginning of the season. Usually pitchers are still kind of getting up to gear starting pitchers and kind of getting building their pitch counts. So, you know, eight games in a row, and usually I feel like most opening days are you play a Thursday, you have off Friday, you play Saturday and Sunday, you have off Monday, Um, and it's really like choppy to begin the season where the Mets are getting right into it. So maybe we'll see McGill early just for a spot start. Um, But he didn't make the – he's AAA though. so Yeah, they can can call him back up. Okay,
2: it's not like an option. It's a short drive from Syracuse to Queens. Fair enough. Yeah, it's better than we used to have the Las Vegas Fifty Ones. That's crazy. They had, to, they had to fly across the country. <laughs> it's like yeah, you're shuttling these poor guys back and forth. I love that you can just trade minor league organizations. Like it's no big deal. Like fascinating like, to me. Like, we should we should do a deep dive on that because it's really really interesting. Like always, we oh, the,
1: when we were younger, it was the Tides, like the, the Norfolk tides. tides. Yeah, That's what I remember. You yeah. know, and we um, traded them for the Las Vegas Fifty Ones. Wait, so That's that like just a thing that happens. It's just like, Myron, <laughs> you yeah, want to trade a
2: player? No, with the whole organization.
1: Yeah, you keep all the players, but the organ, like the stadium and the uniforms and all that stay <laughs> like just swap. Well, I don't you know. So, from everyone play- from you Norfolk
0: train. just moves to Las Vegas, <laughs> like
1: <laughs> the
2: whole city packs up and
1: goes. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't really understand like the logistics behind it. <laughs>
2: But I think that's a good idea, Eric. Right? We should do a deep dive on that. How long were they in Las Vegas? It was like three or four years. I think it was longer than that. Know, not sure. I'm not sure. That's pretty bad. I'm not sure, I... And and then it was and then it was Las Vegas and then it was Syracuse. There might have been another team in there. Some did we have or... another one? Was there a did we ever have a Buffalo team? Or is that a different? Or that that might just be the Blue Jays. That rings a
1: bell. I don't. I don't know.
2: Remember the Norfolk Tides? I mean obviously Binghamton. Binghamton, Binghamton. I think it's been Binghamton for a while at yeah. AA. Obviously yeah, so. they used to they used to go by the the Binghamton Mets. They're now, right. of course, the Rumble ponies. Right. Which like, apparently is a
1: is a the like horses that are on merry-go-rounds are called mm-hmm. rumble ponies. Yep. Carousel Capital of the World, Binghamton, New York. Oh yeah.
0: wow. <laughs> Loud and proud. D- David has spent a lot of time more, in Binghamton. Yep. Only uh seen one carousel there, but apparently carousel capital of the world. Wait, wait, you spent five years in Binghamton, you only saw one carousel? Uh four years, but yeah, I've only there's there's gotta be more, but like apparently I just we literally you hardly... got left back. Graduate <laughs> <laughs> on time, come on. <laughs> <laughs> no diagnosed learning disabilities. <laughs> Um, um, Eric, you were right they were in Buffalo Bisons, triple A, by the way, for wow, 2009 to 2012.
2: So, good call. Okay, yeah. and then from 2012 to it was like what, like 2019, they were in Vegas,
0: yeah, pretty much. Yeah, 13 wow. to 18. Yeah, Vegas 51s, the
2: Vegas 51s. <laughs> oh man, yeah, there have been some weird There's like Savannah, we had like a Savannah or Columbia Fireflies, Savannah Sand Nets. I don't. All these things are just deeper have to go see somewhere. a savannah banana game one these days apparently it's like you you need you need to wait online for like three hours to get tickets is there I, a waiting I've heard, list I've, I've heard, heard there's
1: been issues with resale tickets like they've they were like trying to crack down on it because of how much like how much they're going for wow and like the the owners want to keep it like a low price easy to you know to, not easy yeah. to come to game yeah. um one interesting thing like it come back to baseball uh, <laughs> that's being played by the Mets we were ta- I was talking about like having the you know pitchers kind of ramp up. This is the second spring training in a row that I'm shocked by Max Scherzer's spring training habits. He pitched 117 pitches in his last spring training game. Like, are you kidding me? Like, crazy <laughs> per-
2: he's a crazy person. I love him. He's a crazy person. Yeah, I, I remember seeing his stat line and it said he went like seven. In- he went like six innings. He that man has people. no chill. <laughs> just like yeah, I need to throw a full start before the season so I know what it feels like
0: um like part of me is like i wish the coaches would step in and be like hey like don't do this but i feel like also like part of me is like all right just this guy clearly is knows what he's doing and let him let him know what one, no one's gonna talk him down. like he's gonna just grow up <laughs> if anyone goes to talk to him it's like he wants to do what he wants to do like great
1: yeah i don't want to be the person to tell max scherzer he can't
2: pitch more at pitches no but then of course i mean you make it makes you wonder about you know if he's breaking down at the end of the season which you know you one can only speculate how much an 117 pitch spring training start does to your stamina, but I mean, I'm sure he knows, I'm sure he understands his body, but it's just, it's just curious is all. It's just curious.
0: That's fair. Like, does he need that extra inning after a hundred? Right. And the That's other fair. players on the other team, just like, like a little guy from like double A or whatever is like trying to get some at-bats in here. Like Max Scherzer's like still pitching. like Yeah. <laughs> <inning. laughs>
2: Uh, well, that about closes out our roster talk. Um, On it, on Mets.com, at least, the active roster is not particularly up to date. I mean, it still shows Edwin Diaz and Jose Quintana on the active roster. So uh, I imagine we'll see all the injured list reports come in soon. Um, yeah. But the season hasn't started yet, so I guess we'll wait until Thursday to make a call on that.
1: Yeah, I think um, they have until the morning of – thursday to to finalize rosters
2: technically yeah um all right so that that will take care of our first half um we're gonna jump to a break and we will be back in the second half to talk about first with some trivia and then some more predictions for the rest of the year can't wait
0: hey hey hey, welcome back and we are going to start off with um, actually we're going to start up with a trivia question by steve and then we'll move into some uh some award favorites we're going to start picking and some prop bets stat leaders so uh all right steve what you got for trivia
1: trivia, trivia! all right so uh yeah you know, opening day is upon us we're uh, we're coming to the beginning of the season so i figured let's talk about the beginning of the season trivia question that's not quite opening day um but it's I'm gonna let's talk about Citi Field and their history of uh you know being the Mets. And we're gonna ask what who was the first pitcher to get a win at Citi Field? Who's the first Mets pitcher to get a win at Citi Field? Let's not say pitcher, let's say Mets pitcher. And I guess that gives you a clue that in the first game of Citi Field, the Mets lost. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the first the first Mets pitcher to get a win at Citi Field.
2: Um oh all right so it's 2009 that's right They lost their first day yes I, yeah. the first day I was also
1: not opening day so it that, was not think, opening day that that, that's that gonna throw sense. a wrench into the calculation of what pitcher might have been going that's
2: and it could have been a relief pitcher i think it wins too it could have been a relief that's really mm, a, lot, a lot of that 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 2009 like those city field stats every now and then i, I get trivia on them and i always misremember things like i I think like the first Mets player to hit home run at city field was David Wright. And for some reason, for years, I always remembered as Ryan church, like without fail. I'm like, Oh, it's Ryan church. I don't know Reed why church. I think it's Ryan. Church, wow. Let's we'll talk about a name from the past, but it's always David Wright. So maybe I I need to just throw out a name that I remember from 2009.
1: All right. We'll, we'll come back to it. We'll, we'll come uh, back. let everybody think about it and uh, we'll go on with our show and come back to it at the end before we, we wrap up. Very yeah. I'm blanking.
2: Hmm. All right. All right. So for this upcoming year, there's obviously quite a lot of mystery and you know things things to things to happen as 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 it does at the beginning of the year. <laughs> things are happening. Things are happening. Things are happening. Um we're gonna take some predictions and a few little fun prop bets. Um but we're gonna start off um with Mets players who we think are favorites for League Wide Awards.
1: Well, before we get into our bets, let's, let's, we should make some stakes, I think. You know? Okay. Not just like leave this, you know, just open bets. Like, what, what fun is that?
2: Okay. um,
1: What do you what ask? feels
2: like an appropriate stake for, for opening day? I a think hot dog? Be, I think it should be something messy. Um,
1: I, I like the idea of the, the losers buy the winner a couple opening day tickets for next year. That those are high stakes. You know, those day are, high are expensive. Stakes. Um, so we they, we can do something. Stake. We can be, we can make me say, you know, the the winner, the losers uh buy the winners tickets next year to uh, a game.
2: <laughs> I like that a lot more. I like it a lot more <laughs> because opening day tickets for this year are going field level field level are going for six hundred dollars. Sure, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about field
1: level seats. I'm talking about those those red seats in Shea Stadium seats. Yeah, still it's like a <laughs>
2: hundred hundred fifty dollars for those tickets. <laughs> this is a great
0: podcast we're not making money on this podcast yet it's not like opening <laughs> day ticket money yet.
2: well hopefully by the end of the year maybe i don't know we're not monetizing but maybe we'll some one of us will will come upon a large sum of money <laughs> i i will accept that i will accept that wager of tickets. the loot the tickets to a game tickets, tickets to, to a game yeah.
1: tickets okay. to a game that's fair we have
2: a lot of bets though which which bet is this going to be for
1: I think it's for all you know whoever
2: wins the most of them whoever wins the most oh all right yeah, yeah. gives we- us
1: all gives us all like a fair chance you know one not one category is going to just skew everything mm. all right
2: so um all right so it'll be a cumulative bet um that means we'll have to take some notes on what our picks are yeah um, i got it if you, would you got it to- yep all right. all right so the first category now this, this is also related to what um sports books are saying to at least these first two categories. So for MVP, FanDuel has Pete Alonso at plus 1600 odds and Francisco Lindor at plus 2500 odds. Do we think that <laughs> do we think that either one of those players has a chance to win MVP this year? Or what would it take rather for for <laughs> either of these players to win MVP? It's tough because, I mean, Alonzo had a great year last year. 40-plus um, home runs, um, 100, what was it, 120 ribbies. Um, but obviously, first base is a hard position to win at. Um, you right. need to have a year like Paul Goldschmidt had. Um, but on, on the contrary, Francisco Lindor doesn't have as glamorous stats as that, which, you know, a lot of MVP voters, I imagine, care about. You know, they care about the big boy home runs and ribby numbers. But he had... Seven seven wins based on advanced metrics. So, um, I don't know. Maybe a Lindor bet at plus twenty
1: five hundred is is a good so idea. Which one of these will are going to get more votes? I guess. Which yes, one of these two will get more. As a good way to phrase it.
2: Yeah. Um, they bet
0: up to like ten, right? Like you got like even like a tenth place MVP. Right.
2: Yeah,
1: I think I think that's right. Yeah. Each each voter gets ten votes. And like the first place voters were ten points and second base voters were nine points, something like that. I, I don't exactly remember the formula, but
0: I think those are probably the two ones who would end up getting the most I agree. votes. Unless it's
1: a it's a terrible offensive year all around, then maybe one of our pitchers, but probably not. That, I don't know what other MVP would Nimo. I
0: don't know, would he come up?
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Alonzo. I think that. War aside for Lindor, Alonso has the stats that you look for in an MVP more. He has a decent average. Um, He's got the power. He's got tons of RBIs. Um, I think he gets more votes at MVP.
0: I'm going to agree with you there. I'm going to choose the same answer. I'm not agreeing with you. I'm not going <laughs> to... <laughs>
2: You're not a follower, David. Yeah, I'm
0: not, not a follower. I was going to choose him regardless. <laughs> I I feel like these, these these awards, people just go off of the big numbers, honestly, like home runs and RBIs. And honestly, I feel like it's as – I think Otani should have won last year. I think the true most valuable player doesn't always win. I think if you get a guy, if Alonzo can end up pulling together 50, 60 home runs, I that's he's going to win MVP. I think that's it as great and overall as Lindor might have. You know, McNeil if he hits like 350 or something like I, you know 360, I don't think he's winning MVP. I think if Alonzo just hits like 50 60 home runs and you know puts like a bunch of RBIs together behind that hits like 280 or something like I think that's it's a lot easier for Alonzo to get MVP.
2: You know, a cool casual 50 home run season. (laughs) You know, just just, you know, no big deal. No big deal. Um, I will also vote Alonzo for this pick. So are Um, you agreeing with us or are you just also voting? No, I'm just also (laughs) voting Pete Alonzo. I think the the one thing that makes me curious is um obviously there's so much uncertainty with the rule changes, and I don't know how that affects if it's gonna affect Pete if it's going to affect Pete's rhythm. Um, and also I don't know. Maybe it gives you more defensive shortstops from Lindor with the shift bands. Maybe you know he's out there making Gold Glove plays, and they're just more apparent. And maybe that sways some voters. Um. So that's the only thing that could really sway me. But I still think that you know, baseball writers and the voters are are all kind of old heads, and they prefer the the big bopper numbers. Um, so I'm gonna go with Pete for my vote. All right, Should exc- we choose a second pick? place then.
0: I like guess so maybe we have a different one and tiebreaker. We'll
2: have a lot of other categories. That we have many right categories of tiebreak. It sounded like Lindor might. Well, you you might think McNeil, though.
0: I'll, I'll go with Nimmo. I'll go
2: I'll go with him. All right. I'm going Lindor then. All
1: right.
2: Yeah, I, mean, I would definitely go Lindor. <laughs> All right. <it's> okay. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll be different. Yes. <laughs> we love it. Okay. The next category is Cy Young um FanDuel has Justin Verlander at plus 700 and Max Scherzer at plus 800. This is an interesting one uh because I honestly, you know, depending
1: on if he what kind of form he is in the major leagues, he might be able to throw Senga in there. Um the numbers he put up in Japan like sub 1.5 ERA almost every year, that's uh, no joke. Um you know, who knows if he could do that in the major leagues as we've talked about before, but um I'm gonna go wild card and I'm gonna say Senga gets love it. of the, love that of pick our, of our players as a Saiyan. Wow,
2: I love that pick, David. How about you?
1: I love it, but I, just,
0: <laughs> I I'm gonna go with Scherzer. I mean, listen, guys pitching 117 pitches, spring training. Like he's he's fierce. He knows his stuff. I you know Verlander won it last year. He's what, a couple years older than Scherzer. I'm I'm gonna give it to Scherzer. I feel like how do you not I, he's 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 been doing this for a while, you know, and at a certain point, yeah, the the voters seem to be old and stuck in their ways, and sometimes I feel like a big name, like kind of just similar to All Star guy, gets the votes. And I like Scherzer.
2: I am also gonna uh make my vote for Max Scherzer. I think he's crazy enough, and I've really liked what he's been saying about all the real changes and how he hopes to exploit um the new pitch clock stuff um. And I think him being in the National League now for a little bit is actually more of an advantage. Um, it's I, there's something that is is hard for me to to grasp about Justin Verlander winning back to back Cy Youngs in two different leagues. Um, I think I mean, I think there's one way to look at it where it's an advantage, you know, that he's facing hitters he's never faced before. But I also think that on the other hand, I think Scherzer has the advantage because he's seen these guys before and he's on some weird gamesmanship type of deal every start so my vote will also be for max scherzer to get more votes um
1: next we got is gold glove who is the most likely met to win a gold glove this one is gonna be a fun one i think there's a lot of
2: options um as i was saying before i think it's i think it's lindor i think lindor is i i try i just trust that he's the the short step we've always known he can be and it's gonna and he's gonna have the highlights and that's what these voters like. Um, so that's my vote. What do you got,
0: David? Uh, I guess if I pick Nimano to be second on MVP, I got to pick him for um, Gold Glove. I mean, I wish it could be Guillerme, honestly. I I don't think there's a way that him or McNeil are winning Gold Glove. I don't know think Neil would, would be Gold Glove. He's very good, but I don't think Guillerme is like an everyday Starter enough to do that, but I think Guillaume like is clear should be up in the running for okay, it in pick. general. I like the pick, just like on the side, you know, just not not my pick. Then, but but then was my pick. But
1: your wish is my command because I am going with Luis Guillaume. Yes, that that was my wow. pick. Right. There's, good, there's a utility Gold Glove this year. He was absolutely robbed last year because I don't I don't know why what people were thinking of not voting for him for a super for a utility Gold Glove. Brendan Donovan no, won last year. That. Insane, insane. Who exactly? Sorry. <laughs> um, so he is my pick for Gold Glove of the Mets. Um, he's an absolute fucking wizard in the field, and I hope he gets some playing time this year to continue to show it. Um, especially without the shift, he's my he's my Gold Glove.
2: Went through it. Okay, the next one I had on this list. Um, it's an interesting one because it's it's uh. It's it's for comeback player of the year, which is typically reserved for um typically reserved for people coming off injury, um and I don't know we I guess the main the main person I can think of coming off injury on this year's roster might be Joey Lucchese, um Edwin Diaz should he come back very early. <laughs> I'm I'm going to um, say
1: pass. I We're going to pass on this one. That's okay. Uh, there's no there's no Mets to qualify, I think. Like is going to start the year in the minors and he's not going to pitch much. Right. Um I I you know, I like come on.
2: I think the only other instance where this could work would be is is um if someone had just a really awful year. Um but I think with this Mets team as opposed to a Wilpon Mets team, if they had a really awful year last year, they're probably not on the team this year.
1: Yeah, maybe you could say Escobar might get like but uh, that, to me that's a stretch i don't, yeah, I, don't right.
0: stretch. I don't think even if escar had a great year like tommy fan like had a, like a blow up year even if tommy fan won like mvp like i don't think it's like a comeback player of the year worthy like i don't think there's like a ranking of that like in our hearts maybe he's a comeback player of the year but yeah isn't that usually referred like reserved for someone who comes back from an injury or something crazy and like they actually come back from something not just like have a bounce back year generally. Yeah. Generally. Okay. All
2: right. Well, our next, our next, uh, the next one I had here also might not apply, uh, was rookie of the year. Um, that would take it, that would make us take some very big, um, predictions on some of our young guys. Um, and again, with service time implications, who knows if they'll even play a, a, a qualifying year for rookie of the year, or if they did, they had to come up in June and just light it up for the next four months.
1: Kodai Sanga is an option. Um, that is, I didn't even
2: consider that. That's a great yeah. point.
1: I feel like, though, he'd probably be all of our unanimous picks, but um, I, I would say Kodai Sanga if we're going to pick a rookie of the year. Um,
0: See if who has know. the most service time remaining? Uh, can I go out? I know Beatty's probably out because
1: he's coming out in June.
0: I, don't I think know. Alvarez could yep.
1: come up earliest and save the service time.
0: I'll go Alvarez. That's what I was thinking anyway.
1: All right.
2: Um... Well, thank you for bringing up it because I wasn't even considering that man, but he is, I think, the clear choice for me. All
1: right, if I'm going to pick him for Cy Young, he's going to win Rookie of the year. He's
2: going to win Rookie of the year too, for sure.
0: What a year he would have to win Cy Young!
2: Yeah, I mean, man. I mean, it, when Ichiro came over and he won Rookie of the year and MVP in that same year, so it can be done. It happens. It can be done.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I'm just like that. That'd be
1: phenomenal it doesn't happen more than it happens but
2: it takes it takes circumstances like that where you need someone who's like so established and such a good player to just completely light it up
0: um it's like a true I... mets fan to believe he's going to come in here and win the Cy Young. <laughs> i love it
1: all right let's do um mets statistical leaders now not awards um, who's going to lead the mets in home runs that is not named pete alonzo
2: this is a great question
1: we don't have a lot of pop in our lineup outside of Pilon, though. I think everybody else is kind of that fifteen to twenty-five home run area that, like, the season can really swing one way or the other.
2: Yeah. Um, did Lindor have thirty last year, or did he have twenty-five? He had
1: 36. twenty-six home runs. Okay.
2: Yeah, twenty-six. Yeah. Oh. I think. I mean, that, you know how much Canna, How many Canna had last year? He had
0: thirteen. Canna right. Thirteen
2: i got go up with to 20.
0: Yeah, twenty. Yeah. But it was mo- had... mostly
2: in September. I which yeah. again, I don't I don't know how I'm much. I'm gonna
1: go Starling Marte.
2: Starling Martes.
1: I don't think he had a ton of home runs last year, but I think he's got the pop, and if he's healthy the full season, he he can knock him out.
0: He had sixteen, so not yeah, he also missed a month. Yeah. So that's true. I'm gonna go Lindor. I think fair just... enough. True. Odds I think he plays yeah. every day. Yeah,
2: Lindor is my is my vote as well. Makes sense.
0: I would I would be happy to lose that one
2: if Starring Marte won it. For sure. He's he's I I feel like Marte has too much emphasis on, on hitting for contact though. Because he, he, he usually bats around 300 every year. And I think you know he sacrifices some of his power to do that.
1: That's true. He has a lot of doubles. Um but
2: We'll I was that? also reading that he Canna, looks jacked,
1: you know, yeah, like he looks he is like, jacked. Yeah, he's
0: just, no, yeah exactly. Like, I would expect him to like hit like more home runs. All right. Uh, um, I, I did
2: see, I did read that I was trying to hit trying to bulk up a little bit this year and be a little more patient and get some good swings. Um, so we'll see, we'll see if he that.
1: was a big singles hitter last year. I think it was like a month, like it wasn't, it wasn't until like the end of April or May before he got an extra base hit last year. It was crazy. He was hitting like 300, but he was like, he just all singles. Wow. Um, okay. All right. Next, next we got, we got? RBIs for people who are not named Pete Alonso. Oh. This is a tough one. I feel like I I've got to go with Lindor for this. Yeah, he got he gets he seems to come through in the RBI situations. Um, I'm, I'm gonna go Lindor. I think
0: it's the correct choice as well. I think he's what, what is he batting like third? He's batting like top five in the lineup. He plays every day. I mean yeah. Nimmo, Nimmo and Marte Nimmo are and healthy. Marte out, I like right. him yeah, you know, like top two. Like I think like, yeah, Lindor is the correct choice there. And so yeah, you're the clutch part, you're right. Lindor like his average is lower than I thought. when he bat two seventy last year? It's still not that decent. Yeah, not bad, but I thought it was higher. I mean, he, he sometimes he he comes in, he comes in the clutch. He's had a rocky like first season, but he's been he's a solid player, very very good player, more than solid.
2: Um, I was initially going to say Jeff McNeil, but then I looked, then I just compared some stats from last year, <laughs> and, and I forgot that Francis Glendore had 107 had yeah. or had 107 RBI. Um, Jeff McNeil had 62. Um, although because you were talking about clutch, and I was thinking that. I feel like Jeff is very clutch. Um, he, I is, guess, he, bats he just doesn't so get far his,
1: down in the lineup. Yeah, exactly.
2: He doesn't get enough opportunities. Um, so my vote will be for Francisco Lindor as well.
1: I just thought of a good home run one that none of us thought of. Uh, Volgi, if he's there for the full season, he gets some pop.
2: I was thinking about that as well, but I, I again, I've concerns about how much time he gets. That's fair. You know, the platoon. Um, it's just, it just the platoon worries me.
0: Yeah, he's not like an everyday he's pretty much slotted for DH right like yeah, he does plates innings at first he's not he's pretty much DH like he's not like McNeil's batting low in the lineup I don't think local back's really batting like higher than six
1: yeah but he can hit 10. 20 home runs 25 home runs and that might be enough for second place on the Mets behind Alonzo
0: yeah I mean is he slotted to just they just kind of be around like DH like most of the year. I know we're talking like Escobar might be on a leash or something. Like his Bogoback like
1: I don't think he has performed so well last year. Um, you know, and we don't really have many like lefties with pop that can just replace him. I think that uh he's prime of our he's got he's our guy against right-handed hitters.
0: Yeah, that's a solid choice. That's really like <laughs> was I'm with Marte, eyes.
1: but I just it just it just occurred to me as we were talking about RBIs. Um all right, so what do we got next? We'll next one go we got is
0: should we all stick a second RBI person besides Oh, uh, for a tiebreaker? I guess
1: I'm, I'm I guess if you want to, um, but we have so many of these it'll it'll even out. All somebody. right. All right. All right. <laughs> um, Ray's gonna pick something different
2: when we get his numbers. That's a fair point. He'll have Marte all the way down the board. all the way through, number <laughs> one fan. Okay, so our next category is um. Downing average leaders for all Mets not named Jeff McNeil.
1: Um, I'm gonna go with Starling Marte for this as well. I think uh, Eric mentioned it just a minute ago that he he tends to hit like 300 and get contact and make that like, you know, keep the ball in play and just come through top of the order. I'm gonna I think Marte can be mm. second on the
2: team in average. I am also going to agree with that. I'm gonna say starting wow. Well.
0: Question Is this it need to be qualified batters? Or I would qualified say so. pictures. I
1: would say qualified.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Eric, you agree? Yes. Okay. Um,
0: I'm gonna go Nemo I like
1: guess? that. Nemo yeah. was
0: not far. Uh, actually, no. Marte. Oh shit, he had 292
1: last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a good hitter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't realize he was that good. That boy can hit.
2: The other thing I was looking at between Nimmo and Marte were their OBPs, which over their careers have been kind of close. Um, Marte's OBP last year was 347, 359 the year before, 405 the year before that. Um, And then Nimmo, obviously last year, led the team, I think, in OBP with 367, 401 the year before, 404 the year before. McNeil had a higher OBP as well. McNeil 382.
0: Vogelback had a higher OBP than both of them, actually. Wow.
2: This might be a new category we have to team leader and OBP. All right, let's throw it in there. Let's throw it in there. I mean, this seems like right. a toss up. This 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 could be our tiebreaker. Um
1: OBP leader. I feel like Mark Hanna's up there, but I'm gonna Hanna is up there as well. Yeah, let's go. Can like banana? I'm, gonna, I'm going I'm gone with it. Like banana. Not Kanya to uh our ESPN broadcasters who might be listening. <laughs> God.
2: Yes. I'm gonna stay with the guy. I'm sticking with I'm sticking with Nemo. Um he's leadoff for a reason, man. I mean that's he's there. He's he's the leadoff guy. He's that's his, that's his whole deal. That's, that's my OBP leader.
0: I'm also gonna go Nemo. I think i have going him over for a lot here.
1: I mean, <laughs> you have you have him in the MVP race. Uh, you you better have him a lot of other places. Yeah,
0: I feel like I gotta like stick with my guns here, and you know I put it, MVP is is everything. So um, it's interesting though. Discussion maybe later is you know, McNeil is very good, very average, very high on base percentage, and he is batting back the lineup. You know, so like, at what point do you not move him up? Who do you move him up for? You know what I mean? Like uh, yeah, it's a tough and he likes it in the back,
2: so I guess that's kind of answers itself, but
1: I, I've heard that about him.
2: <laughs> All right. Uh our next category we're gonna move on to is quality starts. That's an
1: interesting one. So quality starts, uh for anybody who does not know, it means that you pitched six innings and you at least six innings and you gave up three or fewer runs, which if you're doing the math is a four and a half ERA, I don't know how quality that is, but that's what they call a quality start. Um,
2: Who's your pick, Steve?
1: Quality starts. I'm going to go with the, the new guy, Justin Verlander. Although I guess I just picked Senga for Cy Young. I probably should pick him. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Justin Verlander and be inconsistent.
2: You need to diversify your portfolio. Exactly. You know, you
1: never like if I'm I'm trying to win a bet here.
2: My my vote will be for Max Scherzer. I think that man is a quality start machine. Yeah, it's interesting. It's who who got more quality starts last year? It's in Scherzer and and um and Verlander. It might have been Verlander. Yeah. I mean, he did just win a Cy Young award. That's true sure um I'll, I'll go verlander i'll mix it up it'll be different all righty what's
1: next what's next
2: the next one we got is this is gonna be an interesting one because edwin is out um mm. who will be the mets saves leader this year
1: that is an interesting question i think that is going to be evolving throughout the year so it's going to be a it'll be a big guess right now mm-hmm my guess,
2: like,
1: go for it. I was gonna say it seems like Robertson has the inside track. I don't think he's my guess, but I, I just it, at the moment it seems like he's probably the the guy the guy, right?
2: Yeah. Who's your guess, Eric? I'm gonna guess Otto. Okay. Yeah. That's a good one. Good choice. I was surprised by his saves numbers that we discussed a couple weeks ago. Hmm. Um, yeah, he's
1: got a history of doing of shutting it down. Yeah. I'm going to go totally wild. I'm going to say Drew Smith.
2: God damn it. Oh, man. I was (laughs) was
1: just looking up his stats. (laughs) Great pick.
2: I was watching like
0: spring training and an interview with him and how he's like really been like fine tuning his stuff. He like, I don't know if he went like full like Tom Brady with like the vegan vegetarian stuff. He's really been like focusing on his diet and stuff, too. He's really been like coming around. Um, I don't know how many saves he's. Gun is zero. Career is zero saves. <laughs>
1: so, all right. Well, you got to um, get your first save somewhere. Yeah, that's true. Or you don't, and I'll just lose. That, Who's that. even available? uh Robertson, Riley, Riley, Rally, Rally, Brooks, riley Rally. Yeah. Not sure. Um, Tommy Hunter. Tommy
2: Hunter. Tommy, Tommy, Tommy Hunter. Hunter. Could there we goes goes
0: Tommy Bryce Hunter. Manchester. That is you bold. know, Tommy Hunter. Yeah, All right. All right. right. Bold. I'll you be throwing Tommy guy. Hunter.
2: <laughs> yep. I love it. I love, it. I love um, it. Okay. So that, that looks like it wraps up our Mets stat leaders. Okay. Um, we have a few more questions regarding some predictions and some fun little prop bets. Um, the first one, this is more just uh I guess just name who you think it'll be. Who who do you think will be an all-star representing the New York Mets this year? I'm going to have four players.
1: They're going to be Senga, wow. Alonzo, Lindor, and Marte. No pitchers. Other than Senga, no.
2: I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't say that. <laughs> wow, interesting.
1: I think interesting. that a lot of other people could make it, um, but you know, I think it's the pitch. I think that Scherzer has a history of not wanting to play the All Star game to save his arm. Uh, JV might feel the same, but um, yeah, but that's that's why I only have one pitcher.
2: All right, my guess is going to be. Um, Lindor, Alonzo, and Verlander. Okay, Those are wow, my three.
0: That's I'm gonna go with Nimmo. I'm gonna go with McNeil, Alonzo, uh, Lindor. I mean, so if Scherzer is picked, is that
1: like not any Tuesday? He he's got to be in the All Star. He's got to be. In the all star game, who's has to be in the all star right. game? Well, uh, baseball reference has to acknowledge him as an all star. How about that? Okay, but I'm saying,
2: I, I think a lot of people will be like, oh, well, oh, like he doesn't have to pitch, but he can just be selected. Yeah, pitching. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah.
0: all right. Uh, what did I and how many, wh- who, did, who did I say there? I feel like a list <laughs> you said Nemo, Alonzo, Lindor, Nemo, yeah, Alonzo, Lindor. I
2: think that's it. You also said McNeil, and I'm gonna add McNeil to Mc- mine as McNeil, well. McNeil, yeah. All right, yeah. Right. All right. Didn't say big deal.
0: Um I'm gonna to right, I'm not gonna I'm gonna leave off the pitchers then. Don't wanna don't wanna Please. deal with that. I don't wanna deal with it. Um how do the leaf pitchers? like how I feel like they have to have like leaf first, right? Like, like with Alavino? is that like yeah, a maybe too bold? And with Tommy Hunter most saves, so I don't <laughs> um, We like you know.
2: the bold ones. Yeah, you might win. Um, it might might be like Price is Right where we all go over and you sneak in <laughs> with a one dollar bet, and then you know. I literally
0: keep adding like one dollar stars. So, I don't know. It's good.
2: Yeah, right. I'll, I'll, I'll go start with Marte. I have a
0: Marte on the All Stars
1: too. But I got six All-Stars. All Stars. Right, that's a lot. That's a lot. Um. All right, so next one I think we have is which Met will play the
2: most positions on the field. I think that's a fun one. Um. And so this can be just even they sub in for an inning. Sure. I yeah. think that counts, right?
1: Yeah.
2: Hmm. I'm going to go. It's a little wild
1: card, but I'm going to say Canna. I think he's right now our backup first baseman. He's played some third base too in an emergency, and he plays kind of all around the outfield. So I'm going to say Canna.
0: I think that he looks like he won it last year. It looks like he did not. Pitch, catch, play second, or short. Yeah, you played one game in first and third. Yeah, pretty
2: much everywhere else. My guess will be... Are are we counting DH? No, right? Mm -hmm. This is not the field. I would say no. What do you think, David?
0: I, I would say yeah. I would say... All right. Yeah, the tiebreaker, Eric, What do DH, you want to do? It, base, baseball reference is counting that as an extra. I and mean, they're kind of pinch hitter as well, which like I don't think so for pinch hitting. But I would say DH
2: counts. I don't know if I get on pinch hitting. I get on. It's DH. totally you know. an extra. All rust. right. All
1: right. All right. DH counts.
2: DH. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right. My. I'm going to say Jeff McNeil. Uh, all
1: right.
0: I think I need to stop being bold and this is a bet and I'd like to win some tickets. So I think I'm going to go with, um, go with the same guy as
2: you, Steve, you know, go Mark Hanna. Here we go. All right. Surprise! none of us said Guillaume. Oh, so he doesn't play the outfield. Hey, that That is the issue with you Gu- I was thinking
1: Guillaume, he only really only going to get the three positions out of him probably. Right. Second, short, and third. Um, yeah.
2: All right, our next one is this is an interesting one. How many hit by pitches will the Mets total in twenty twenty three? Of course, the Mets set a record last year, a major league record with 106. Um, so what's the number? What's the number gonna be this year?
1: I'm gonna say ninety four. We're going down. I think with the pitch clock, I think people are gonna be a little more dialed in.
0: So I feel like there's probably more like balls and strikes that are non pitches as well there like I they can't do that again, right Um, I'll go with I uh ninety seven
2: I think that I think that in some way behind the scenes, Buck and the Mets have gotten on MLB about this. And have somehow put some pressure on the rest of the league to to avoid getting hit so much. I think it'll go down. Um, I'm gonna go a little lower than you guys. I'm gonna say ninety. I like the fact we get on base. I I'm I'm scared about
1: the injuries though. I really am. I can't remember what it was. I think it was like the first thirty or thirty five batters guy got hit by pitch last year for the Mets didn't score, so it like didn't even help us. Awful. Crazy. <laughs>
2: Okay, the next category we have, how many doubleheaders will the Mets play? They played nine last year, so 18 games still within doubleheaders. Of course, that's with the shortened calendar season because of the, oh, right, the right. lockout um, that forced that, but there, we did have plenty of rainouts last year. Um, so how many doubleheaders will the Mets play?
1: I'm going to go really small and say five. I think, like you said, that condensed season kind of pushed it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna,
2: I'm gonna say with five. David, how about you? Uh, I'll go seven. Wow, we are really counting on the rain. I'm going. I'm going. Uh, less than five. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna
1: say four. That is I mean, technically less than five. That's so not dramatic. Five. That you're, the, the,
0: the way <laughs> you're I I that like, oh like I was like... Gonna go too, but... I mean, I'm going to throw this out there with all these like, the games are going to be shorter this year at the pitch clock. Like, they have much more reason to be like, all right, we're just going to call the game out here. Without we'll two games and double headers are a lot okay. easier.
1: They also might be able to get them in.
0: Also good. Wow, that's both, a both, great counterpoint. Those dude. are really good points.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right they might say oh shit it's raining well we get this game done in two hours so
0: yeah
2: it's gonna be no issue
0: yeah that's a great point steve yeah
2: <laughs> right all right and then the last question we have for our um predictions and prop bets are this is this would be a very specific one for city field how many home runs will go out in right field um in the new area where the fences are moved in for the joan Payson club
1: So basically where they wouldn't have been a home run last year, but now they are because they moved the fence in and right field for the Joan Payson club. They're going to be a home run.
2: Correct. And this is going to take a little bit of, you know, we are going to have to pay attention closely to this. We can either go on home run tracking sites where they, they, they show where the ball landed. We can watch the replays that we can just try to eyeball it. Um, We'll try to have a consensus pick on whether they go out or not, but how many wall scrapers are going to get out that would not have gone out last year.
1: I don't even know how to estimate this, honestly. (laughs) Right.
2: I have no idea either. Um, How many feet was it moved in?
1: Unclear. Like seven feet, eight feet. Um, I feel like we had a lot of wall scrapers last year, honestly. Um, so I'm going to say 35. I have no idea if that's a low or high guess. I'm going to say 35. Whoa. Okay. I guess that's a high
2: guess. Way more than I was thinking. <laughs> All I think, right. I think you could be right though. I mean, listen, I, I feel like I see a lot of... Long fly balls out there that you know get pushed into the corner, or it's Marte, um, or it's Marte, you know, going up against the wall or something. My I guess go is going to be a, you're going twenty. Go yeah, 20. Go to twenty.
0: Yeah, I honestly won a series, eighty one games would be twenty seven, but that still seems like a little high.
2: Wow. Okay. Um, man, now 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 you've got me double double guessing my. My low number. Um, I was gonna say fifteen. I'm gonna put it up to. Should I do the prices right <laughs> say one over... <laughs> I don't know what our rules are.
0: I think our rules have got to be just close, just general closest. Yeah, okay, yeah. no I'm over. Say, I'm, gonna I'm gonna say
2: seventeen. I'm gonna say seventeen. Lucky Keith number.
0: Mets.
1: This has got to be oh, only Mets, right? Yeah.
2: Okay. Only. No, it's just home runs ah. oh, oh, only hit by Mets. Ooh, yeah, yeah, only hit by Mets. Why not? Wow, okay. I mean, a lot of home runs this year. I'll take it. Mm-hmm. All right, so that wraps up our uh, predictions and prop bets for the year. We're going to take a quick little break, and we'll be back with our trivia answer.
1: Yeah.
0: Hey, hey, and we're back. And we were just doing some quick numbers about this home runs where the fence is moving in about seven feet. The Mets hit 171
1: home runs last season. Now <laughs> <laughs> you don't think that seven, seven feet can get us 20% more. I mean,
2: <laughs> we may have been a little overzealous.
1: All right. All right. all right. All right. <laughs> um, with that, and with the only counting the Mets and not everybody's home runs over there. I'm gonna say twelve.
2: Some some revisions definitely are in order. I'm just gonna cut cut it in more than half, and I'm gonna say twelve. Cut it in a third. Um, I'm gonna bring mine down to (laughs) seven.
0: I'll cut mine in half. I'll I'll just go ten. Okay, we're all so excited about
1: more home runs for the Mets.
2: It's what Joan Payson would have wanted at her at her speaking. <laughs> she would have wanted every single home run to land in uh in a customer's beverage. <laughs> um, we also had another revision um because there was a correction that we found on the amount of hit by pitches um that the Mets received last year. It was not 106, it was how many, David?
0: It was one twelve. Okay. Yeah, I, I was really saying that just to ballpark how many home hit by pages i would say but i'll stick with my number i'll stick with 97 i'm happy feel to like stick it's with 94 as well i feel like the low number might win but yeah
2: whatever i'm gonna stick with, 90. I'm with 92 all right excellent
1: Oof. <laughs> <laughs> all right so that uh, that ends our prop bets um i guess now we can talk about our trivia question so we can talk about it a little more, see if you guys have any guesses, and then we'll give, reveal it. So, again, just a reminder, the question was, which Met was the first Met to win a game at City Field? Reliever or starter? Um, obviously, this happened in 2009 because that's when City Field opened. Uh, the Mets did not start the season at City Field, so it not, it's not necessarily the you know starter of the game, too. Or who would be the second best starter? Um, yeah, let's see. But well, you guys, you guys want to th- talk about any initial thoughts or guesses, and then I can give some clues.
0: Johan was on the team then, right? I believe it wouldn't have been
2: no, Johan. I'm not. Sure. Wow, I don't remember. This is this is this is like the dark years of the Mets that you know ran from like the 2008 collapse up to like 2013, 2014, that it's really just like an empty it's just like an empty cloud because those were such bad years. Yeah. I'm trying to remember pitchers. Starters, I can remember. Johan did was on the Mets at the
1: time. Um and he actually just came off of the season with leading the we leading the league in ERA. Mm.
0: We had Fernando Tatis on the team that year. Senior. Yes. Yeah, yeah. you're right. You gotta specify <laughs>
1: um
2: I was like John Maine was playing probably that's right. He um, was K rod on the team. I think so. I think actually Pelfrey um, Pel- Pelfrey started
1: our, our first game at city field. I think that would be the, uh, that, that trivia answer had that been the question.
2: I'll go You got Mike Pelfrey.
0: Oh Mike Pelfrey. He was a starter
1: for like, he was
0: pretty much in there. I feel like he asked like a lot of these random trivia questions. Like he was there for a while.
1: Never mind that I just told you he started the first game at Citi Field. Oh, <laughs> oof!
2: Uh, I'll, I'll allow you to change it. I'll allow you to change. Yeah, it. it's not it's not Mike Alfrey, obviously.
1: <laughs> okay, I'll say he it is a starting pitcher.
2: Ah, okay. I was about to guess my boy Pedro Feliciano again.
1: Ah, okay. Good guess, but not him. He's a starting pitcher. Um, you all definitely know him. He's pitched for plenty of teams.
2: Oliver uh, sir- Perez. Yeah, you got it. Wow, great job, Ali. I was like that guy, is he still pitching? <laughs>
1: <laughs> he might. He might be. It feels like he never stops pitching. Honestly, he's forty-one. He pay- he played last year. Amazing. Crazy. did he pay for like he was gonna gonna play in the Mexican League and then like came back for a couple innings because someone got hurt and he like decided to pl- like help someone out or something. It was something crazy. Wow. Yeah, he pitched four innings last
2: year. He only pitched four innings last year. Yeah. Total. And he
1: pitched wow. 3.2 the year before that.
2: That's pretty amazing. Oliver Perez, I mean, in his own way, Mets legend.
1: <laughs> he in, is, he is in his own way, at Mets legend. In his own
2: way. The, I mean, he would just come back on different teams. And I remember, I think like I've been at many, many Mets games where he has made a relief appearance, whether it be for like the Diamondbacks or for the Nationals. And, Every time the booze, the booze come raining down. And I remember one time it was, this is probably like 2015, 2016. And he was pitching for the Diamondbacks or the Nationals and everyone started booing. And this younger kid turned to me, he was saying, he's like, why is everyone booing him? I was like, oh, kid, you, you don't know. This, <laughs> this, this guy is a legend. This guy, this guy is a very important part of Mets history. He, did he give up the hit? to Molina that
1: Chavez caught in the outfield or not hit i guess he, the
2: yes the 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 home run that was robbed yeah yeah that was him i think he also ended up giving up the yeah he, he gave up yeah he gave up the winning run in that game as well yeah
1: um i always remember him for jumping over the foul line on his way back to the dugout after every uh happening yes the superstition um which i actually think i copied when i was in little league what, what a role
2: model <laughs> well that's it I mean it's a uh, very good guess, David I have like
0: kind of gave it away when I was like you know played for a lot of teams there
2: yeah at least at this point in his career
0: all right well um, that said um, next podcast episode we will have actual Mets games being played, and oh let's hope the Mets will record next week. So, what, like five, six games? Betts will probably be like 6-0 and oh by that time. <laughs> uh, leading the majors in all sorts of categories. Um, that's just how we are. Just, we're just Foolishly Faithful. So, um, from David, Steve, and Eric, um, that's us. And don't forget, if you want to email us, we are foolishly faithful, Metspot at gmail.com. And, yeah, see you guys next week.